DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined once again by Greg Hansen, sports columnist for the Arizona Daily Star. He's been on the show many times over the years, and it's time to have him back in with the Wildcats coming to town to face the Utes. Greg, good morning. Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing all right. The Pac-12 football season is finally here. Are you tired of watching SEC and Big 12 games? Boy. I do find the Big 12 entertaining. <laughs> they score a lot of points and don't play a lot of defense. I feel like I'm watching the wacky whack back in the day. It was horrible in minor league football then. Now it's, yeah. you know, cutting edge. Yeah, I'm just ready to watch some familiar faces, though. Well, we've got Arizona and Utah, and uh, the last time we talked to you, you were uh, not very encouraged by the way things were trending for the Arizona football team. Have you seen anything that's made you change your mind or that should give Arizona fans hope and, and maybe cause a little worry for Ute fans? I think since the last time I talked to you guys, Arizona's two best defensive players transferred. Uh, one went to West Virginia and one went to Texas Tech. Um, in fact, there are three best players transferred. The other one, a receiver, went to uh, Texas. He's really good at Texas. So, really, that, that was the heart of their defense. And um, they didn't have a good defense. But they have the, the most the most highly regarded quarterback they've ever recruited. It, it just doesn't seem to fit. It was one of Kevin Sumlin's last acts before he left Texas A&M. Uh, he sewed up this guy and then, uh, when he left Texas A&M, uh, Grant Gannell followed him here, and I mean, he looks like he's a he's a real thing. He it could to me it could be like a Jared Goff situation at Cal. Goff is so much better than everybody else on the team, but Cal still managed to be about a 500 team. Uh, and Gannell, I'm not saying he's going to be an NFL quarterback someday, but on paper and in the eye test, he, he's he's significant. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, he certainly has the physical attributes, and, and I think golf is an interesting comparison because I think the one year, man, they really sucked when golf was yeah. the quarterback, and then the next year I think they got to a bowl, and then he, he leaves the NFL. And as I evaluate the Arizona ball club, the one thing that I think they might be able to do to give Utah some type of scare, considering that Utah is putting in virtually an entire new defensive backfield, is the Cats may be able yeah. to have some kind of success throwing the ball. Yeah, and I know every team, receivers are probably the easiest uh, position players to get. And Arizona's got really, you know, capable receivers, not NFL guys, but they've got capable, like, six guys. So they might be able to move the ball a little bit on Utah. And Arizona's offensive line is the other part of their team that isn't bad. Um, So a defensively completely different story. But on offense, Arizona's – got to be in the middle of the league so when you say the defense is bad is that mean the the front guys are getting pushed off the line of scrimmage they miss uh they miss tackles in space and whiff on guys or they have a problem uh staying close to receivers and covering them where what's the real problem well you know there's one of the new analytics in college football um is the havoc rate and uh, last year, Arizona was 123rd in the nation in havoc rate, which is putting pressure on people or causing fumbles, whatever. And they brought in two new defensive linemen, transfers. And it would be nice to say they were transfers from, like, Kansas State or somewhere, but 
one's from New Mexico State and one's from New Mexico, uh, and they start and they're immediate starters. And you know, I'm not ripping them, but they didn't have they weren't good players at those two schools that aren't good football programs. And they're starters right now on the defensive line. And then a, a, a new guy is the other of the three guys on a defensive line. And they lost their two best linebackers, as I was saying. <clears throat> and they're, uh, I mean, they just don't have anybody in the front seven. It's, it's a, if Arizona was in the Mountain West Conference or even the, you know, the Sun Belt or something, their defense would still be toward the bottom of those leagues. And that's going to be a, that's a huge problem. What type of defense does the new coordinator Rhodes prefer? He changed to a three-four from a four-three, and they're hoping that the one change will be an outside linebacker named Jalen Harris, who looks like an NFL guy. His dad was a is a legacy guy here. He was a second-team All-American when they had the Desert Swarm, and um, Jalen Harris is his name, and. Uh, he looks like he could be really good now that he can just rush from the edge without having his hand on the ground. And uh, if he develops, that would give Arizona three capable defensive players, I think, because they have two. They have two good cornerbacks, and uh, I mean, not not all conference cornerbacks, but that's how slim the pickings are. So that a good tight end would be a major problem for the Arizona defense. Oof. Oh, I didn't think of that. Yep. Um, <laughs> something like Utah always seems to have. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, because they've developed this Keithy kid, and Frothingham is, is decent enough, too. So, And then they got some new kid I don't even really know about. They, Kyle's been pumping up a transfer from San Diego. Not San Diego State, from San Diego. And so wow. he's, yeah, so he's thinking, and, and they've been, pumping this kid up and he just got eligible he'd been practicing but they just got the word that he's got eligible and just listening in Kyle's voice he sounds really excited so even though that uh, whoever well we have an idea who's going to be the quarterback now and he's going to be a new guy uh, it seems like they've got some skill guys around and Ludwig came in last year and just did a phenomenal job offensively so as I look at this game knowing what I know of both programs I just don't see there's any way that Arizona can win in, in you know unless there's some bizarre no. thing like Michigan State coughing the ball up seven times against Rutgers I, I was listening to, to Whittingham's uh, Zoom session the other day and when he talked about Britton Covey I, I could just picture Covey having one of those days where he catches nine passes for 126 yards and uh, they can't contain him because Arizona's defense is just not there yet. 126 yards, that was oddly specific. That is going to stick with me and if you nail that, it's going to bug me. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to bother me a lot. I, I love watching Utah when Covey was healthy uh, just because he could at any moment he could do something exciting. It was fun to watch him. Yeah, little dude, so we all root for them as far as that goes. Is there any kind of momentum around the University of Arizona program recognizing that this is one that ended last season with seven consecutive losses? Yeah, all-time school record. And um, um, they hired a really capable meat-and-potatoes defensive coordinator named Paul Rhodes. Um, He'd been the head coach at Iowa State, which is, 
you know, most of the times that's an almost impossible job. And he did a really, he really did well there for about three years before the odds caught up to him. And then they, he got fired after about five years. And then he, he went to UCLA last year. But he's such an improvement on who they've had on the defensive staff. And um, he hired two older guys, a defensive line coach and the linebackers coach, who've been in virtually every school in the country. I mean, one of them is 68 years old. And uh, it's so, such an improvement on what they had. Kevin Summon brought in his buddies, um, and, and then he had to fire him last year in midseason because the defense was just really, really inept. And um, the one unfortunate thing that cost him a lot of support was he had the best, the most well-known player in school history was the defensive analyst named Chuck Cecil. And he elevated him to defensive coordinator those last three games. And, of course, Cecil had no chance to, to make that defense any better. And so someone then just put him back as an analyst when he should have hired him as a defensive coordinator, you know, an assistant head coach. But someone's not secure enough to have Cecil, you know, the head coach in waiting like that. So he went with Paul Rhodes, and that's about the best Arizona could have hoped for. So as you look around the Pac-12 South and you see that USC-Arizona uh, State game at uh, yeah. 9 a.m., uh, is that going to work? Or is a 4.45 breakfast sure. call just too early and this is a crazy idea and the league's grasping at straws? I think it'll be okay, you know, if you don't do it every week. Um, I can picture I can picture Arizona State getting over and, and – L.A. Uh, 10 in the morning and tell everybody to go to bed at 8 o'clock, but how many college kids are going to fall asleep? Um, but they, their adrenaline will get pumping, and I'm really eager to watch that game. Who knows how good USC will be um, if Slovis is as good. I think Slovis could be the best player in the league. Um, and maybe USC could, could win all six games. I don't know. Um, I, I didn't look where where does Utah play USC at this year? Uh, November 21st, Kyle's 61st birthday in Salt Lake City. Well, I hope it's a night game, so it'll be snowing and cold, and then USC probably <laughs> wouldn't have much of a chance. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think we got a time on that yet. Yeah. I, I, can, I can picture watching on TV and see Winningham come out in shirt sleeves on a night when it's 28 degrees. <laughs> Tough guy. He does, He is a fake tough guy, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you talked about uh, getting tired of watching the Big 12 and you want to see familiar faces. Well, you know, and uh, we've talked about this. I I'm, I'm, grew up in Arizona, went to ASU. You speak about familiar faces, and th- the problem with U of A and ASU is there's a number of familiar faces in terms of high school ball who are playing in the Big 12. You know, a, a quarterback at Iowa State, quarterback yeah. at uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. You already spoke about Slovis, the quarterback from the Phoenix area, uh, the o- Oregon, the quarterback from uh, the Phoenix area. I mean, it just goes on and on, and it's a major, major issue for both programs, not just one or the other, but actually oh, yeah. for both. 
And I don't know that the, I, I have this theory, and you could respond to this because you have uh, you've lived down there for a number of years in the Tucson area. But I believe that the heat just weighs on guys, and they want to get out, yep. and they want to try something different, and that's going to be a perpetual problem for both programs. <clears throat> Arizona's linebacker who transferred to uh, West Virginia, Tony Fields, started here all three years. I, I read an interview he did with the West Virginia newspaper about a week ago, and he said, I'm glad to get out of the heat. Yeah. And I, it hit me, just like you said, that training, I mean, September is still hot here. September is still really hot. Right. So I, I can see that happening. And. You know, Arizona was, was really good in the 80s and 90s for 20 years. They were solid every year, a contender every year. And that's because they got all those Phoenix kids. I mean, they, their their leadership every year were Phoenix kids, and now they don't get any Phoenix guys. So how much of that is heat and how much do you think of that is technology? Because you can go anywhere in the country now and family and friends can yeah. see games and you can text with people. Yeah. It's not a case of, uh, you know, oh, uh, once a week on the weekend, you you got to call mom and pa and tell them how life is going so they know you're still alive. Yeah. I mean, you're FaceTiming with people whenever you want. Yeah, a combination of all of that. But that's a big one. I agree. Um, yeah. Can't let you go without your update <laughs> and take on Sean Miller. Um, how, how many elite level coaches have two years on their contract? He, he's got a year and a half left, so that's the message that um, they're going to let him walk. Um, they can't afford to pay him off right now because they're going to have to pay Kevin someone off too. <laughs> um, I mean, potentially both guys, and and given the situation now with everybody losing so much money. And this year is going to be kind of a throwaway year in college basketball, I think. And Arizona doesn't have the personnel to be a contender. Um, they had to get all European guys. So I would say they'll just their strategy is to let him walk at the end of next season. Or maybe at the end of this year he'll see that he's got to jump somewhere before the notice of allegations uh, results are made final. So I would say this would be his last year. Can they just fire him from cause and not pay him off? I mean, the notice of allegations, does that give him the window to do that? Because writing a big check is, A, difficult because you got to have the money, and B, even if you have the money, it looks bad. It's bad PR at a time when so many people are getting furloughed and laid off, not just across society, but specifically in athletic yeah. departments. So it's, it's kind of a double whammy in that regard. Either one of them is a problem, and both are true. So can they just say, hey, you're busted, you're out of here and you don't get a check. They've paid more than a million dollars to, to attorneys so far in the, their own investigation, and I'm thinking those attorneys are going, the day we can say that, we're going to say it. Hmm. That would be my guess. All right. He uh, brings us up to date on all things University of Arizona. Greg Hansen, sports columnist for the Arizona Daily Star. Greg, thanks for checking in with us again. And if, uh, you know, snow on the night of December 21st, uh, or November 21st falls and USC loses here, we'll remember you called that. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on, you guys.